Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we asked ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So I'll be honest with y'all, I just kind of want to open up a little bit. I am damn tired, okay? So there may not be a whole lot of energy that I put into this episode as I do my other episodes, and I'll kind of fill you in. So actually, these last 10 days, I was uh, traveling around. I was in Birmingham, Anaheim, California. I went to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, Pops was actually down in Miami Beach, And uh, so we've just been traveling around. Oh, Chicago even. Actually, we just got back from the Chicago event. But we've just been going around and teaching and spreading the message of how powerful this privatized banking really is to us on the personal level. And then also, you know, helping the economy itself, you know, because if you really think about it, if you stop contributing to the problem, aka doing business with the banks, then our economic situation that everybody is in right now can be better, be better off because we're actively not contributing to the problem now. So I want to ask you a question though. If everything that you've been taught about money, your finances, your wealth, they were false, when would you wanna know? When would you wanna know that everything that you thought was true was inaccurate and false? When would you wanna know? Today, yesterday, 30 years ago, 30 years in the future? Hopefully you're not saying that to yourself, but right, when would you want to know? And I think that's really the powerful message that us at The Money Multiplier are going out there and sharing with the average American public because nobody is coming out and sitting down at your table and really discussing how the financial life, your banking business within your life actually works and actually operates. So I'll be honest with you, you know, a lot of those big gurus that are out there and teaching about financial literacy. I love it. I think everybody should be totally informed, but you got to have a team and you got to have some backbone and support to really help you understand and keep pushing you forward. I mean, even accountability and even taking responsibility and ownership of what's going on in your financial life. So what really led me to this topic is Like I said, y'all, I'm a little tired, okay? Y'all have been kind of beating me here recently. I actually just got off of a phone call, not just recently, it was about a few days ago, where somebody called me up, okay? So she's been a member of the Money Multiplier for about four years now, so using her banking systems. She's got about four or five policies or so. And she calls me up and she says, Hannah, you know, I'm really nervous. I'm really scared, I'm really nervous about the upcoming events that could happen, this recession, the inflation, the high prices that are going on right now, and I really think that I should get out of my policies, and I think that I should really decentralize my currency and go out there and buy myself these gold and the silver, because that's what everybody's telling me to do right now. How I should hedge against inflation is buy these sound assets assets that I know is going to beat and always come ahead no matter what our fiat money does to us. And I, 
you know, I did have a very good conversation with her. You, you know, I, I mentioned to her that I'm not mad that you are in that mentality. However, you're thinking about your banking policies way wrong and way oft. Because let's be real, isn't the whole reason that we are practicing this infinite banking concept is to decentralize our currency, get out of the banks, get out of the Fed, and and get out of that governmental control? I mean, isn't that the whole reason why we have these policies that we're using? Absolutely. So I just had to have that what I like to call the come to Jesus meeting and say, at the end of the day, I'm never going to tell you what you should do. Okay. I am here to give you facts about what is going on and how you can protect yourself. But at the end of the day, you are always going to be in the driver's seat. You need to be responsible and take that ownership with what's going on in your personal personal monetary system. And so I just had the conversation with her, you know, well, let's, let's break it down. Let's talk about the policies again, and let's take it back to square one, because I get it y'all. You know, when you go out and you are talking about this concept that it's different, it's a different way of living, different way of thinking that you kind of feel like a lone ranger, right? You kind of feel like a whack-a-mole character where you're going out and you're talking about this really cool concept and people are like, yeah, the whole life insurance is terrible. I should never put my money there. That is the worst investment that I could possibly ever do. That, that's a whole other topic we can talk about. But but you feel like this whack-a-mole character. You go out and you, you, you know that little game, you feel like bow, bow, bow. And, and you just feel like you're getting bopped on the head everywhere you go. So I get it. So I guess this is kind of like a PSA to all of my folks who are around the campfire. And really, you guys are the top 10%. You are the innovators and the game changers that are out there. Because let's be real. Who of the American public of the average is really tuning in to my podcast? Let's be real. Not a lot of people, right? Because everybody wants that easy way out. Everybody just wants that easy I, I hate to say it, but easy handout sometimes of, of just giving up that responsibility to somebody else. But y'all, nobody is going to be more responsible and more disciplined and more truthful to you about your money, your wealth, and what you are. Nobody's going to care more about your financial situation than what you do. So this is my big PSA that I get it. Things are a little different right now. Honestly, I don't think they are different. I think we're just going through those normal boom and bust cycles of what happens in our fractional reserve banking system. But now that you know what's going on, y'all know what to do when you have the community that's behind you that will help you and support you of these coming times, okay? So anyways, PSA, your mapping team, 
the Facebook group. We have the ongoing webinars and reach out to me. If you are not uh, linked into the community and the ongoing trainings that we do, reach out to me, Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. And I'll send you those boatload of resources that we send out and we do. And to be honest with you, the objective of it is to just push the information out there that you will get and receive the information that you will now be well informed that you can make those positive changes for yourself and your family and future generations to come. So I'm tired, y'all. Why are we acting out of that scarcity mindset right now? You know, what really kind of irks me right now is is that I know y'all are very smart and very bright people, but I just feel like some of the information that you're being fed, you're really not thinking for yourself and you're questioning. Because another thing that um, that person brought up to me is they said, well, Hannah, you know, I just want to cancel my policy and I want to go and take this cash and I want to go buy myself a property so that I can create some more uh, passive cash flow with this money so I can create this cash flow and and really protect myself head against this inflation that we're in and this recessionary time that we're in right now. So you got to just sit back and think for yourselves though. Let's think about it. Aren't we at the top, top, top of the markets right now? Aren't prices sky high? So why would you take dollars out of an appreciating asset and go buy yourself something that's at the top and the peak of the market that you know if you study the bull and bust cycles of what's going on that these prices that they are going to drop. So you're going to go out and use your good dollars today to buy at the height of the market and then here in about a year or two those prices are going to plummet and now your property values down to here. Y'all, we are here giving you the full information of what's going on. Go check into Chris Noggle's YouTube channel. Actually, I want to plug one of his uh, playlists that he has out there. It's called What Now, What Next? That's one of my favorite series that he does. And I just really like how he goes into all of the aspects of, you know, really talking about what's going on, what's coming down the pipeline, and then what you can do to protect yourself in that personal situation situation. So I don't know, just to give you a couple ideas of to think about right now. Me personally, y'all, I'm chilling over here. I am straight chilling. You know why? I don't care how ballistic the markets are right now. I don't care who the president is pissing off or what's going on in the world right now. Because you know what? You know the worst thing that could ever happen to me inside of my banking policies? The insurance company just doesn't pay a dividend. That's literally it. At the end of the day, the insurance company has to give me that first rights to any cash inside of my policy and they have to give me that guaranteed interest. Go back and go reread your policy contract. In there, when you are the policy owner and policy holder, you have first rights to any cash value that's with inside of your policy. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but if you try to go down to a bank and you try to make like a large cash withdrawal from the bank, what do they do? right? 
They, you go in, let's say that you want fifteen, twenty thousand dollars cash out from your account. What do they ask? They say, well, hey, why do you want that money? What are you doing with the money, right? Well, why do you care? Why do you care what I'm doing with my money? Is what I think. So, so you're asking me what I'm doing the money with. And on top of that, sometimes, really, that this is real life stuff. Sometimes they won't even have that cash back there on reserves. What they'll say is they'll say, hey, Hannah, well, how about you come back in about 24, 48 hours and then I'll have that money uh, sitting back here and I'll give it to you. Well, why? Why don't you have my money back there? Hmm? Oh, I know why. Because you are lending it out to other people and you're making a good living off of my money. I don't like that game. You know, now that I know all of the things that the elite and the wealthy are doing, I'm not going to hate the game. I'm not going to hate the player. I'm just going to play the game right along there with them. Right? So... At the end of it, you know, this concept, yes, it really is you decentralizing your currency that you have that total ultimate control of what's going on. When I call up the insurance company and I try to request a loan from them, you know, the two questions that they ask me, they say, all right, Hannah, well, how much do you want or do you want the max that's available? Sometimes I'll say the max that's available. And then they say, question number two, all right, would you like that in a paper check or do you want us to direct deposit to the account that we have on file? I normally say direct deposit. It's literally that simple and then I hang up the phone. So again, I just kind of came back to this topic in this episode because I've been having this feeling that I understand the world that we're in right now in the scarcity mindset, but I guess I'm just pushing out this PSA to y'all to say that, you know, hey, we know how to spend money, right? We, the American public, have been so in tuned on how to spend money, but we have never been taught how to keep grow or manage that money. And that's what we need to start taking the ownership on in our financial life. And so I'm not sitting here yelling at y'all or doing anything like that. Like I said, I, I, I am a little exhausted this week and, the, and last week as well. And I'm, I'm just trying to push out the information and kind of where my mindset is right now with the environment that we have going on. And I just feel like that we need to be more financially literate along with politically literate. So I'm not going to talk politics too much on my channel. Now, I will be honest, later on in my series, if you have been following uh, me for some time, uh, right now I have a little series going on where my friend John and I, we are diving in deeper into the book called The Creature of Jekyll Island by Edward Griffin. And I... It do get a little political coming up on these next episodes. However, the banking business within your life doesn't matter what's going on. You finance every single transaction that you buy. You either pay interest to somebody else or you give up the interest that you could have earned. And so that is what I just want to teach you of how to keep the interest within your family and keep total control of that money and those dollars. And I just truthfully believe if you start to follow the money of what the elite 
each are saying and doing out there, you will start to see the truth of what's really going on. So I just encourage you, you know, think for yourself in question. And you guys call me, okay? So I'm, I'm very, very happy that um, this individual had the I want to say kahunas. It's not kahunas, but you know, she, she, she had that sole responsibility to just call me up and say, Hannah, I'm a little nervous. This is where my mindset's at. And, um, I just need a little bit of help here. And that's why I am here. I want you to call me. I want you to tell me about the different things that are going on where you need help and assistance on. And to be honest with y'all, I tell you this all the time too. I am not the brightest candle on the cake. I'm not the sharpest tool in the tool shed. And sometimes some people tell me that I'm a few dozens, uh, a few dozen sh- uh, donuts short of a dozen. There we go. That's how it goes. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, I'm still living this life too. And I, I'm experiencing my real life worlds along with y'all too. And that's what I really like about this stuff is that we really are building this community to really uplift and support one another. So... I'm here to talk. If you ever need me, you guys know how to get a hold of me. You got my email, you got the website, uh, my personal cell phone number, y'all, 913-908-3511. Text me, call me. So now let's get into our next segment. I know I've been kind of neglecting this for a little bit because I've had some guests on and I've been kind of deep into my uh, research here. But let's, let's get into our listener writing questions. I like these just because I know some of y'all may have some questions and um, the, some of these questions that I get asked may be your same questions or maybe you didn't think about this, but it's a good question and you want to know the answer to. So, um, so let's hop into our uh, listener writing questions for this segment. All right. What is the benefit of adding another policy versus can you just increase the premium on the current whole life policy? So let's talk about it. I kind of like to answer this question in this way. So when you have your first banking policy, you are going to set that premium deposit that you want to do. Now, I know I use the word deposit. And the only reason I say the word deposit is is because it really gets my mind geared into thinking about this as my banking system. At the end of the day, it is still a premium that we're putting into that policy. But if I put a premium into my policy and I have immediate cash value access to it within 30 days, is that premium treated more as a payment or a deposit? In my personal opinion, I think it's a deposit. So you're going to start your first policy and you're going to say, all right, Hannah, I want to do 10000 a year. I want to do 500 a month. I want to do $60,000 a quarter. I don't care. You tell me what premium amounts you want to do. When I started my first policy, $400 a month is what I was putting into my policy. Ooh, here's a tidbit for y'all. Minimum, minimum uh, to start the policy. What is that minimum premium? 10 times the age rule. So for example, if I'm talking to somebody and they are 35 years old, $350 on a monthly premium, 
that would be your minimum for me to design this policy properly for this banking concept. So start off at your minimum, go higher than that if you please. So you are trucking along, you got your uh, premiums that you choose, let's just make believe it's a thousand a month and you're trucking along and you're doing your premium deposits into your policy. And as time goes on, our income rises, assets rise, net worth rise, and we have a need to warehouse and store more of those dollars within side of our policy. So what will happen is, is that you cannot quote unquote increase your policy premium, but you can dump in some extra dollars as time goes on. So what I'm talking about is your MEC limit. So MEC stands for Modified Endowment Contract. I got a lot more resources on this, so I won't dive too deep into the MEC right now. But what the MEC limit is, is, is that it is this imaginary line throughout all policy contracts. And we don't want to overstuff or go over this imaginary line. Because if we do, then our policy is not treated as a contract anymore. It's now treated as an investment and thus is subject to tax consequences. And we don't do we don't want that, right? We we don't want those tax consequences. We love the tax-free growth within the policy, and we love that the death benefit gets paid out tax-free. So as time goes on, you're gonna call me up and say, All right, Hannah, I've come into some windfall or I got a bonus at work and I got some extra cash sitting here. Can I get that into my policy? And in a perfect world, I would tell you, absolutely, you know, you got some wiggle room that you can go in and dump in some extra dollars into your policy, but there's going to come a time and place where you want to keep putting in more and more money and you can't without hitting the tax consequences or AKA that mech limit. So then that's when I would tell you, Hey, I think you're ready for policy number two. You got more cash flow that you want to stick through policies. Your existing contract can't hold it. So I think you're ready for policy number two now. And so that's when and why folks would open up policy number two. I say this a lot as well. I was actually just on the phone call uh, talking with somebody earlier today, actually right before I'm filming this right now. And they did ask me the question of, you know, what is the purpose of the multiple policies or, or Hannah, is it bad that I was working with somebody else and they set me up these multiple policies at the same point in time? And so I, I guess just real quick, let me give you my opinion of starting multiple policies at the same point in time. Like the only time that I would ever do that is if you're trying to get death benefit on two different bodies. Like for instance, husband and wife, spouses, right? Um, Y'all both want death benefit on both of your bodies. So what I would tell you to do is whatever premium that you wanna put into your policy, just split it down the middle. Let's make believe it's 20,000 a year. So 10 on you, 10 on her. Now y'all got the same amount of cash flow going towards policies as that premium. Now both of y'all have the same amount of death benefits. Sorry, not same amount of death benefits, but y'all got 
death benefits on both of your bodies. Because remember, death benefits can always range from person to person, age, health, um, right? Even the sex of a person. I mean, sorry, males out there, but us females are a lot less riskier than you males. <laughs> so some of the actuarial um, um, data and, and kind of their... Um, oh gosh, pricing, I should say, is uh, based off of that and kind of the insurability of a person. But that's the only reason of why I would start two policies at the same point in time is if you're looking for the same amount of death benefit on um, different individuals and different bodies. So, okay. I had another question here, but I'll be real with y'all. I got to run here. I have some more phone calls coming up here in just a little bit. Some more people to serve and help answer their questions. I know this episode was a little bit shorter than what I normally do. Again, I say it one more time. I'm tired. (laughs) So I will be back. I'm going to come back next week with a uh, powerhouse of information. I got some stuff coming up in the works. You know, I was just at the Nelson Nash Think Tank and I'm going to bring y'all a lot of my notes that uh, Pops and I have been working on. So um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Just a little reminder that you guys are in good hands, okay? You're in good hands, and at the end of the day, you can't screw up your policies, all right? The worst thing that can ever happen is is that the insurance company just doesn't pay a dividend. That is literally the worst thing that can ever happen. If you keep up your end of the bargain of what you're doing, contributing to the policies, the insurance company is always gonna be there to safely hold you in those bad economic times okay go go nerd out on this stuff y'all economic uh, austrian economics versus the fractional reserve banking system it's a very very powerful thing that we're just not taught here in america so i ask you you know do your dollars make sense go back Okay, we're, we're here, we're kicking up into March now, and we're about to end quarter three. So have you been tracking, you know, what is coming in uh, of our income? What is going out the door as your expenses? And are you tracking what that net leftover is? And where are you keeping and storing your net leftover? That, in my opinion, is what you should be putting inside of your banking policies to really build and capitalize on your warehouse of your wealth, your banking system, so that you're prepping for these future opportunities to come. Let me tell you, last comment I'll make and then I'll kind of log off here. But right now, I'm very ecstatic about what's coming up. I've been prepping and planning right now. I'm not really buying, okay? Um, Coming up here, you know, I do have some short-term private lending deals that I am doing. Um, I I want to get into my note investing this year, you know, deeper and deeper. But I'm personally not buying right now. I'm not putting any down payments on houses right now because I'm going to go and move my money, do some more lending deals. And then once I see that really come down, that's my opportunity. That's when I'm going to go out and go purchase. Right now, I am storing and building my warehouse for when that time comes. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in. As always, subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a comment down below. If you got topics, questions you want me to talk about, email me, text me, um, and then give us a follow on the social media channels, you know, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, The Money Multiplier. You can even give myself and my personal accounts a follow, Hannah 
underscore Kessler. Hannah spelled the same ways, forwards and backwards. Kessler spelled with one S. And until next time, I'll see you then. Bye now. Bye.